0: water in his veins. I couldn't think of a better place to end the street. It doesn't matter. Exaggerating at all, man. The more money you make, the more problems you get, and jealousy and envy is just something that comes with the territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Puff say.
1: Welcome back to the Clemson podcast, everyone. I'm your host Nick. I'm joined tonight by Ben, and we are so glad to be back on the air after somewhat of a long and eventful off
0: season. Ben, how you been? I'm doing good, man. Um, yeah. It's been kind of a long offseason, a lot of stuff going on in the college football world. And and then, you know, the the two secondary sports, basketball and baseball, that kind of hold our interest in the uh in the football offseason. Uh we're kind of duds this year. The, the basketball team made the NCAA tournament, but um, disappointing exit there, and then the baseball team underperforming. So um I watched the spring game, didn't really pay that much attention otherwise. Um, Been following recruiting a little bit. Um, And then it's really everything else that's been going on in the college football landscape. And that's kind of, uh, um, you know, some years it's up, some years it's down. There's a little bit more going on. Um, This year there was a lot going on. And here we'll get into a lot of that. But, uh, yeah, it's been interesting to kind of just take a break, sit back. Uh, absorb it all, but ready to get back going. hundred percent. I mean, I think
1: the way that this last football season ended uh, a lot of people probably tuning in now starting to think about what are we going to learn from that? Like, you know, what, what do we, what can we expect coming back? Um, are any of the issues from last season addressed in the personnel coming into this year? You know, what do we think about this scheme? All of that. Um, usually we'd spend the off season kind of debating a lot of that stuff, but, I think to your point, this is one of those years where it seems like just about every potential issue or question mark in the broader college football landscape uh, had some some semblance of change happen, which is pretty cool. So yeah. I thought we could start there just by like, I don't know, obviously everyone's tuned in, everything going on with things like transfer portal rules changing, name image, likeness rights, um, players being able to profit from that starting earlier this month, um, there's been talk of playoff expansion, which I thought was many years away. It was going to be debated. And um, they kind of, maybe NIL, you know, led the powers that be to make that change faster, who knows, but um, you know, 12 team playoff expansion seems like it's definitely happening. They still have to vote it in, but uh, it's probably an inevitability. Um, and obviously Ben, like we've got a few weeks now till um, fall camp starts here in probably another week. This week is the ACC media days. And we'll get into having a bit more of a sense for depth chart personnel, new freshmen coming onto campus, what role they'll play all that. But um, good to get back, talk about Clemson a little bit here and talk about the college football world.
0: Yeah. And I will say um, I'm actually back in South Carolina in Charleston right now. And uh, I'll point out, I think this is the first time we've done an episode where one of us was actually in South Carolina. I think every other time we've, we've all been in California. Um So having been here, I've been here for a little over two weeks now, and just being here this time of year, I have such a much greater appreciation for these kids in fall camp and the weather they have to deal with. I went on a run today um, at 11 a.m., so it wasn't even the peak of the day, and afterwards I was just in full body cramps um now obviously like lived in california for 10 years now in san francisco doesn't get hot there um so my body's not used to it but still um it's just incredible heat and humidity but um yeah I'm glad to see you're you're working that those cramps off with a nice cold beer uh, absolutely so yeah bring back the the, the beer uh, uh recommendations we used to talk about so I did spend a day downtown Charleston going to several breweries on the free brewery trolley um, they have down there. And right now I'm drinking at Edmund's Oast, which is uh, from what I told is considered one of the best breweries in Charleston Uh, drinking the bound by time IPA. uh, It's pretty good. I will say nothing that I've had in Charleston comes in anywhere close to matching the quality of the craft beers we have in California, but they are getting better. Um, and anyways yeah yes. had a fun time and enjoying it right now um uh one one cool note i want to give a shout out here um so the reason i'm back actually is my dad had a stroke back at the beginning of june so i'm back here helping my mom out and helping my mom and my dad out with that but um we've got a a, a a physical therapist coming in uh to to take care of my dad and um, his name is Ryan. He was here on Monday. I unfortunately didn't get to meet him because I was out on a run. Um, but he's a listener of the podcast. Um, talk to my parents yeah. about that. So shout, shout out to Ryan. to Ryan. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, and then today we had another person come in. I can't remember. There's home health. There's all these different people that come in. But I was in, the, uh, in my parents' office working, and, but I could hear him in the background. The girl was a South Carolina fan, and I think she knew Ryan. They talked about that a little bit. Um, and I overheard her saying like, well, I'm a South Carolina fan, you know, I through thick and thin. Um, it may take me time. Yeah. It may take till I'm 90 years old, but one day, you know, I'll, I'll see us win it all. And uh, I'll get to say, I, I wasn't a bandwagon fan. I was there for the whole ride. And I was like, ah, darling, bless your heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it had like Milwaukee
1: bucks, 50 year drought. They yeah, got it's it done. True. Um, you do, you do respect the diehards like that, but um, I imagine you put up with your fair share of Gamecock fans being back home here
0: of late. Not, no, not, no, not since the five, Pete. Yeah, it's been it's like fair. six, six it's years quiet, of silence, right? six or seven years of silence. Uh, so it's been quite nice. There's a lot less Gamecock flags flying around, around town, I've noticed. Mm. So well, we'll look forward to getting
1: the University of California back on our schedule this season. <laughs> uh, long overdue to continue the, the our streak in the right direction. Um I guess Ben the Clemson I, in South Carolina I believe had the second longest contiguous streak of games and uh, behind Wisconsin and Minnesota and while their game was going to be scheduled for this last year because it was a you know obviously a conference game that they were able to fit in I want to say it was canceled due to covid. So I wonder if they are like if it ends all streaks or if they're going to give everybody a pass on being able to continue those streaks. I'm curious how that will play out.
0: You know, honestly, it means very little to me. I mean, it's kind of stupid that we didn't get to play last year considering, you know, we're closer to them than, you know, any team that, that was on our schedule or BC had to come to us. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're crossing state lines. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of stupid. But as far as the streak and the playing them every year, like who cares? This isn't Joe DiMaggio in a fifty-six game hit streak, right? This is a yeah. completely different thing. So we miss yeah. a year. We'll play them this year. They'll lose, um, and it'll be like old times. Uh, I think the only thing that we miss out on is was that a was that supposed to be a Clemson home game last year? Yeah, yes. I think it's- we end
1: up we end up losing out. We we get the short end of. Right. that rotation so uh, we're doing we gave up our georgia game we give up our georgia game as a home game we're doing that neutral site but clemson was the one to give up the home game for that
0: right, right. and um, so we we yeah. essentially were going to south carolina two years uh or two back to back back to back games yeah right yep. um but yeah the, the the streak whatever um if they were yeah, good yeah. it would make a difference but i don't know really they're not that, that they're not
1: Um, all right, Ben, well, why don't we get into maybe addressing some of this more macro picture college football, uh, changes that have come to light and I guess no, no better place to start than something that I know we've debated on the show and over some beers offline quite a bit, which is, uh, name image and likeness and compensation for college football athletes. And this is not the same as pay for play. This is not the institution's carving out budget paying kids to come to school there and directly compensating them for playing on the football team, playing on the basketball team. Uh, It's opening up the capability for players, you know, through some very specific rules to be able to profit off of their own name or their participation in uh, paid events, you know, through marketing, through events, that sort of thing. Um, And it's often been the thing that advocates for even the more specific compensation have always said like this seems to be the lowest hanging fruit. Like this seems like the most just thing people on the other side of the pay for play at the institutional level have have often said, yeah, I'm I'm okay if they want to do that part, but let's not like make it part of the educational experience. Uh, So in my opinion, you know, this is one guy's take, I think this is definitely a a step in the right direction progress wise and a breakthrough. Uh, I think a lot of people rightly have some caution around it to understand what are going to be some of the implications Um, I don't have a lot of trust in the NCAA to police the regulations they put out there around this. And you probably will start to see, I'm not going to go so far as to call it abuse like of this by, by schools, but um, I think it's a complete breakthrough for players to uh, these are some of their highest potential earning years of their, of their lives, you know, to start to establish number one, just fair, fair compensation for probably what they're what they're able to go out there and do in kind of a free market sense. And um, I'm really excited about it. And there's been a lot of funny kind of enjoyable, entertaining
0: uh, stories already coming out about the type of sponsorships people have going on. So where are you at on this? Well, I'm not necessarily excited about it because it's no more money in my pocket. Um, But I mean, I, I do agree with, Especially since the NCAA has just been raking in money off of players' likenesses. And obviously the schools um, have been too. So it does seem fair that they have the opportunity uh to, to monetize that and profit off of it. Um in my gut, I feel like there's a, a high chance that this could be a at some point within the next few years turn into just a, a circus. Uh, not because of the idea of the players being able to profit, but because, like you mentioned, there is not a competent, authoritative body managing this. Like, if you expect the NCAA to be able to to carry this out and manage it and set rules and regulations and put them in place, then you haven't been watching the NCAA uh, perform and operate over the last you know, decade or so Um, the conferences run college football. It's not the NCAA. They, you know, they're just kind of a figurehead. Um, So that's the big problem that I see with it. I'm really encouraged by the fact that, you know, Clemson was obviously ahead of the game. They saw this coming. They set up the infrastructure within the, within the program um, to be able to guide kids, uh, you know, to how to, how to, you know, operate within the, the lanes and within the rule structure for this. Um, so that's encouraging, but we'll see how that, um, pans out across, you know, 130 or 28 or whatever, how many ever NCAA division one college football teams there are. Um, so 300,000 athletes, something like that. I mean, people Um, worried about a change in the game, but you know, the game changes like that just happens. And, um, you know, the older you get, you always kind of, uh, pine for the, the good old days um and uh you know the the days that you change is hard right change is hard but change happens and uh, we all have to come to grips with that um so i don't know it'll be interesting it's fun it's like you know when i see justin ross come out with a with a pretty um uh elementary t-shirt and hoodie um with a really bad photoshop job um yeah that doesn't scare me too much dj uh, with Bojangles just coming out today. Um uh, but you yeah, know, it's interesting. A, it's like, the, yeah, it's like the guy in Miami, right? That owns the gym that was going to give like each player 500 bucks a month. You know, we'll see how that plays out. I certainly, yeah. Well, good. what I was going to say,
1: I feel like the whole circus antics that you're talking about, I think for the next 12, 18 months, that to me is going to be the circus time, the Wild West. Yeah. And over time, uh, people that would be likely to hire players or, you know, throw money at it, um, they're not like always gonna be able and willing to throw a million dollars at a freshman incoming quarterback. Like at some point equilibrium will happen they'll figure out what the value quote unquote is of funding that, what have you. Uh, I think we're gonna achieve some level of equilibrium over time and Mm -hmm. I, but again, like, I I think this is an opportunity. What's gonna be really interesting to me is these, kind of historical powers that have just massive national fan bases. I'm thinking about like in Nebraska where they've had a real big struggle recruiting talent to go to Lincoln, Nebraska to play ball. But if they all of a sudden can offer this like infrastructure of NIL, you know, to come in, you play here, we're going to hook you up with like car dealerships across the great Plains States, like to be the spokesperson for it. Like, I don't know, maybe that can change the game for some of them. Yeah. I, I I look at it as just like Nick Saban already in SEC Media Days has talked about um their quarterback already getting close to seven digits in like three weeks. And he hasn't played a snap open. Yet. Hasn't played a snap at Alabama. All hype. He's probably gonna be very good. But um, you know, the rich will get richer off of this in terms of college football powers. Maybe you see some of the blue bloods able to cash in on some of the breadth of their alumni base and kind of you know, advance their advance where they are. But if you can't get a really good college football coach and that coach can't recruit, like this is not going to change the landscape of what happens at the top of college football.
0: Well, um, no, I, I actually think it could lead to some parity. I mean, you're not going to be stacking like multiple five-star quarterbacks up on your team. Cause that guy's going to want to go somewhere else, not only for the playing time, but there's only so much room to be throwing out uh, sponsorship money Uh, To these guys on any one team, same thing with like stacking wide receivers and running backs and defense, you know, any position group across the field. So I actually think it could lead to some parity coming back within college football and spreading it out amongst some more teams and some um, traditional blue buttons. You mentioned Nebraska, Um, whereas, you know, Dabo was specifically against and he keeps having to reiterate this uh, schools paying the players. Right. It's a different thing. And some schools are in better positions to be able to pay players than others. And so that would certainly lead to an advantage and that would water down college football even more. I mean, it's already year in and year out. There's two teams. We've seen the 14 playoff and we can, we'll talk about the 12 team playoff, but usually there's two clear teams at the end of the season that were just head and shoulders better than everybody else. So uh, perhaps this will, help even that out a little bit and then maybe in that case the 12 team playoff isn't such a bad idea because it will be more competitive but we'll see it's like um, I made the comparison to college baseball uh, where you've only got like 12 and a half 11 and a half scholarships or something like that to go around and a team like Vanderbilt that has a huge endowment and can uh, you know pass scholarship money on to, to players to fill out their rosters so then get better recruits whereas Clemson is up against that uh, Clemson hasn't been part of the academic common market uh, in the past like decade or so I think it was like the end of Jack Leggett's era um, and that really hurt in recruiting and if you're not familiar with the academic common market that's a group of states um, a group of schools I think primarily here in the south um, where they have an agreement in place that if uh, you got a player coming to your team and he's majoring something that none of the other schools have uh, then you can offer, you know, money for a scholarship. And so Clemson just rejoined that this year. So I, I'm, I'm you know, optimistic about that as far as baseball recruiting goes, but you can see the the, the disparity there, right? Um, so yeah, maybe it will lead to some more parity within college football. We'll have to see how it goes. Again, I'm not, I'm not uh, the, the NIL, the players getting paid in that fashion, whatever. I just have zero confidence that the NCAA will be able to administer this at any yeah. competent level. And uh, at some point it's just not going to be like a, a, you know, a free for all.
1: Yeah. I think the free market is what's going to dictate and like regulate this thing because whatever boosters feel like they get out of throwing money at a player, they will, or they won't. And they'll figure out what amount they want to do in the future. And that'll dictate it. Um, I think it's a, it's a coup. It's a win for players. I, I just think about guys uh, from Clemson teams past that would have just been such good spokespeople for Bojang like not just Bojangles, but like local brands, regional brands. Um, I I have to imagine you would have seen Christian Wilkins in some national TV spots
0: during his time on campus. So. I mean, Piggly Wiggly uh, might not have gone out of business, you know? Totally. So. Um, so one I'm more, sure, one, yeah. one more, one more so, thing on that, that, that maybe is a concern to some people is um, you know, this going to the players heads, right. And them having these distractions and I'm not, I'm not so concerned about that, especially with Clemson for a couple of reasons. One is just, we've seen this, the quality of kids that Dabo, um, and the coaching staff brings into this program. Uh, they are wise and mature, but beyond their years, a lot of them are more mature than I am right now at almost 40. Um, and so you gotta give kids credit for that. And also, you know, it's a different if it's a different world than when we were 20, 18, 20 years old, right? These these kids know more, they're more familiar with this, they'll get, you know, prepped in high school for this type of stuff. So um they're better equipped, I think, to be able to handle it. They're this gonna stuff. have agents,
1: like the ones where it could truly be a distraction, I think we'll have agents. I mean, obviously, if they're having to do like 25 social media posts a week, like that can start to eat into this stuff, but I, I think you're right in the sense also that I just don't see that jiving and flying with a pretty demanding football player
0: schedule and academic schedule. Um, so, yeah. We'll see. I, I think it certainly will affect some teams, um, especially if, if teams start losing and their star players start focusing more on uh, profiting off of uh, their NIL um, than yeah. others. So, uh, but I'm less concerned about that with the Clemson football program just because of the, the nature of it and the atmosphere and the environment um, that, that we have here. Yeah, agreed. Well,
1: a uh, separate issue definitely talks about player agency to some extent is the um, opening up of the rules around the transfer portal. So in the past, um, really it ended up becoming a little bit of a farcical system of being able to do a transfer uh, for a specific reason. Typically, you would have to sit out a year when you transfer to a school, a lot of players were able to get waivers, sometimes for very legitimate reasons, other times not legit. And there's just a lot of inconsistency with how that was applied. Um, everyone knows this by now, you get you get one free transfer without needing to sit out a year now as a player. So um, a lot has been said, ink spilled, um, you know, gnashing of teeth over, is this going to lead to guys the minute they think they're going to get dropped on the depth chart, entering into the transfer portal to get out of there? we may see that we may see some of that, but I think what's been abundantly clear at the beginning of this happening is there are a lot more people looking to go into the portal than there are Mm -hmm. really good spots for them to land on other teams. And I think some guys, you know, I I I wish them all the best in trying to find the right fit for their talent and themselves. And there are reasons beyond depth chart that you would seek a transfer um, that I want to be conscious of, but I, I hope that guys will learn from others' mistakes here or experience, and not have to find this out the hard way. Um, but Bennett, I, I, I always when I think about this kind of thing, I always look closer to home for Clemson and the transfer portal is something that I know we've been advocating for, even as recently as our last show when we talked about the Ohio State game. When we've got depth issues, when we've got when we have a couple of years of missed recruiting, like at the safety position, um, and with backup quarterback, there have been some circumstances that have made Clemson thin at that position. I think this is something that is now a real part of college football, and a school like Clemson can, obviously, what Dabo's got going, the recruiting machine that we have works, uh, but this this is a change, and I do think Clemson needs to seriously consider this when we do have those sort of depth challenges that crop up from time to time.
0: Yeah, well, talking about how you think the NCAA might handle the NIL stuff, I mean, look no further than the transfer portal on how that's been handled over the past few years. Um, It is kind of a circus, um, and it has been. Yeah. Um, Again, Clemson less affected because we do have so so much talented depth. Um, But the, yeah, I don't know. I'm still having a hard time with players just up being up to being able to up and leave willy nilly. Now, yes it's It's going to control itself based on the supply and demand though it it will but but what happens when you you reach like the the nexus of the transfer portal and in il when guys are leaving teams just to get a better sponsorship deal in some other market like is that really what we want out of college football is that the intent of this that the spirit of it i
1: i don't know that that would happen slash sure go for it man like i don't know if you one way to look at this is like Ben. You work for an architecture firm in San Francisco. Like someone in Seattle offers you a pretty good situation, you probably earnestly consider it, and and you should. My and professional it, career, though. Yeah, I mean, but these are your best earning years, right? These are the best earning years for some of these guys that we, we're not sure what what they're going to go into next. Um,
0: if if your best earning years a bojangles, like spot for the two years you have left in college then that, that that's not gonna that's not gonna last you very long um, yeah it's cashing in on I guess the
1: the meaningfulness of your popularity at the moment
0: I, I think I think so. Dab- Dabo said it best uh with tying it to education somehow I, I think we do need to tie it back to education it is still it's still college like th- these are still amateur athletes in college, it should be about the education. Now, uh, you know we're lucky at, at, to have Davo and his focus on education throughout college. The graduation rate is al- always super high. The GPA on the team is is always um, really impressive. Um, and so that's not necessarily a, a problem here, but you know, it, it's well, prepared it. for a career after football through the pod journey. Right. Exactly. But not every school, right. Is able to do that or, or does that actively does that. And, you know, it's great if Clemson is able to succeed in that fashion. But if you start to see a downfall in college football, because it's, you know, the other parts are not able to keep up, then, you know, you're only as good as your weakest link. So um, we'll see. I am not entirely sure. I haven't, you know, I have my thoughts about it. You know, I don't like the transfer portal, um, just from what I've seen. Uh, and it just allows kids to make um, maybe uninformed decisions that they might regret later. But again, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's the same thing that I said about the NIL, like they're, yeah, it's a different age what, and these kids are more savvy with this stuff. Um, so I'm not concerned. I have been, I'm concerned about tampering
1: from other schools and teams and agents. Like when I say agents, I mean like who knows? Who knows what type of like person at the University of Georgia would put a bug in the air of a Clemson player to try to get them to come over and transfer out, you know, from one school to the other. But um that is a concern of mine, as well as just like getting bad advice. Like it's the same thing as guys who leave early for the draft. Are you strung along by a coach, like a handler on a team or whatever? You know, probably a little shady, probably offline. Um, so it can't be traced back, but
0: yeah, and these are um, and these it, are
1: adults that are all in it for themselves, right? I mean, they can right. say they're in it for the
0: kid, but come on.
1: Yeah, so I, I do imagine there may already be a fair amount of that happening, and that would be my concern. But it's going to happen. You, you, we do not again. We don't trust the governing body of college athletics to patrol and monitor and enforce and whatever in the right way for that. So um, it, none of this is a reason not to do the thing. Right. right? That, that's where my concern would be. Keep an eye on it hopefully we don't see too much exodus from our program to immediate rivals. But I mean, look at Alabama has got a receiver. I think it was a receiver that came from Ohio state. Like you are going to see like the elite going to the elite just for program fit or didn't quite jive with the coaching staff or whatever. And some of that's legit. Like I'm,
0: I'm all about it, but, um, and everybody sure we dealing, will start to hear the rumors about tampering too. Everybody's dealing with the same thing though. And, yeah. and, and that's the thing, you know, you, Clemson is not going to be at a disadvantage because every other school is dealing with the same thing. And as long as you have a good co- a co- good coach and a good culture and we have the facilities and stuff like that, Clemson is going to be fine throughout all these things. And again, yeah. it's just staying ahead of these things, right. And being prepared for them when they come. Uh, I had no idea Clemson had set up like a separate like department or institution within the football program and the school to mentor kids on the NIL stuff. Now in hindsight, like duh, makes sense. But I did not yeah. know that until, It was approved. And, you know, Notre Dame's doing the same thing. I'm sure all the other big schools um, or all the schools are doing something similar and we're prepared for that. And you would expect that. So, um, again, I'm not worried about Clemson here right now. Um, It will will reach an equilibrium at some point, like you said. So if we're going to go through this kind of crazy time, then I feel much better having Dabo as the coach. We've won two championships here in the past, whatever, six years. Um, and so we're in a good spot to be able to, to to weather this storm and go through it and come out on the other end just fine.
1: Yeah, I think we, we do feel really good about the state of recruiting for, you know, immediate classes and future football seasons and teams. Um, I mentioned earlier, Ben, though, some of the needs in the defensive secondary and at the quarterback position. Where are you on Dabo? and um, the coaching staff on dabbling in the portal. My, I don't know if we're too late to kind of try to bring somebody in. Uh, clearly we had um, one of our would-be backup quarterbacks um, get drafted. Um, he's going to be signing with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think he did for $3 million. So um, going to be thin in that quarterback group. I mean, I'm, I'm still team. Let's bring somebody else in, pad the depth. Probably someone with experience, season, a little bit of seasoning, but – if it hasn't happened yet, I don't really
0: know if it will. For this Dabo, season. Dabo don't dabble, man. Dab, Dabo don't dabble. He's he's sticking to his guns. Uh, you know, Streeter talked about it the other day that they it came up a couple times, so they never seriously considered it. And also, one thing turns out, it apparently Pumachon is actually they expect him back at some point this fall. So he ruptured his Achilles, which like I also did that, and I'm you
1: know I'm not a I was never a collegiate athlete. I you know, it's a little bit different, a lot better science, a lot better, better medicine at Clemson than me, but it was six months before I could, before I was allowed to run when I had that surgery.
0: Well, and regardless, there's nobody out there in the transfer portal that you're going to bring in should DJ go down. That's going to go out there and win us the national championship. Like, think about it. There's not one yeah. quarterback that sat behind Deshaun Watson that could have uh, won us the championship. Had he gone down, there's not the uh, Kelly Bryant, the, that doesn't matter because he didn't do it as a starter. Um, Trevor Lawrence, the only year it could have happened is last year with DJ. He could have taken us and won us the national championship had uh, the offensive line been a lot better um, and we performed defense better. On stayed the defense. healthy and yes. not suspended. Yes. Exactly. So DJ with the 2016 team or the 2000 um what the 18 team uh sure right like yeah i can see that happening but it's very rare that you're going to have two guys like that on the team yes your
1: point is you're screwed anyway yeah yeah so and you're not going to pick up a guy that is
0: now but the question is if you lose a guy for one or two games and not the rest of the season who can be a chase price type that comes in there or a dj type last year like we didn't lose against notre dame because of him right do you have somebody on the roster that can come in and, and win you a game normally letting into this leading into this season the guys that we have currently available in the depth chart um i have very else, little confidence i would normally yeah. i would normally have very little confidence uh, but have you seen our schedule like outside of the Georgia game? Eh, I feel like we could beat nah. anybody with, uh, you, know, I, I just, you know, you almost don't even need a quarterback. <laughs> like the schedule is that bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: No, I think you're right. And, you know, again, if if Clemson had been really serious about this, um, P- Pumachon got hurt in the spring game. That was in April, right? So they're call it tampering, call it recruiting we could have been recruiting guys at that stage, but I, I, I agree with you. I don't know who, I mean, come play, come play quarterback at Clemson, come back at DJ at Clemson. Like you probably could get a pretty, pretty decent type of draw um, across the country for someone that, you know, isn't in the right
0: situation, but yeah, to do well, that in, in August,
1: a lot harder than April.
0: Well, it was the former West Virginia quarterback, right. That had his name had been thrown out there. I think he f- uh, foregoed his last year of eligibility and his, that on real estate in texas or something like that i don't know i can't remember uh, but that was the name that was being thrown out there uh but you know and you keep hearing like the philosophy of clemson of like you have the guys on the team they've been here they've earned it and that's what builds this culture and that's what keeps us at the top of the recruiting rankings and like he, yeah but like it's also you, you, what know, us. you know you know that the conversation has been had. There's been a thorough examination of the transfer porter within the, you know, the Clemson, among the Clemson coaching staff. And they've decided like in this instance, like for the reasons I just said, that, you know, it's not going to, y- you're, you're screwed. Anyway, if DJ goes down for the year, like t- like Pumachan's not going to win us a national championship either. Right. Um, so yeah. even he, had he not gotten, gotten injured? Um,
1: I mean, I, I personally tend to look at, What's Saban doing? And he's taken transfers and now he's not taking quarterback transfers uh, right now, but, you know, at other skill positions, he's definitely willing to do that. He's been willing to do that. They got, they got guys from big 10 and max schools over the years to come in and play a couple of seasons. Um, they're actively mining it. I think it, it's going to be like yet another source of recruiting talent for four teams. I agree. Clemson gets their guys. They develop guys really well, really good track record. Um, we are not like the top recruiting team though. We're like top three to top five. And even if the number ones and twos are still t- recruiting at that level and taking transfers, that tells me we need to be doing that too.
0: Or so, they're, so. they're recruiting that well, but then guys must be leaving or not panning out if they're having to take all these transfers. Right. I mean, they're yeah, over I mean, signing. I, I mean, they're over signing and kicking teams. They do that stuff kicking. too. Yeah. I, I think you can talk about Georgia's track record
1: at developing the talent they've had. I mean, Everyone talks about that. Um, and I guess in the case of Alabama, I mean, it seems to me like Bama has had a lot more injuries over the years than Clemson has, too. So just for key guys going down, at least for the games we play them in. So,
0: well, they do have a much tougher schedule to go through in the right. regular season. And that is not like SEC hype. That's just the fact of the matter. If you look at the ACC but, and the teams data. we play, and think that that's anything close to what Alabama plays year in and year out, then you're, you're, you're crazy. You're kidding yourself. Right. And we saw that happen when Ohio state punched us in the mouth last year in the playoff. We weren't prepared for that because we had a cupcake schedule and we have a, we, and when you think it couldn't get worse, look at the schedule this year. You know what? I wish we could put in the transfer portal, Ben, half of the ACC. Yeah. Just like swap them out.
1: That's what we, I think we need
0: to do. Well, it's like the regulation and in, in, uh, in relegation, relegation, whatever in European soccer. Let's cycle some bring up yeah.
1: Cincinnati
0: and coastal and UCF into the
1: ACC.
0: All would be better competition than most Beville, of the schools. Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah. 80% so, of the of the ACC. Um, it's abysmal. Real quick, before we move off, I know
1: we're kind of moving away from the compensation. Um, the NCAA did take a loss going all the way to the Supreme Court, uh, not for necessarily pay for play, but it's um, the ability to extend the amount of compensation benefit that players get for education-related things. Like um, they do get the kind of cost of living stipend. I'm definitely butchering the naming of that, uh, but this was the ability for the school to furnish for them things like you know, laptop computers and educational related um, expenses and compensation. And it was like an unequivocal win for student athletes and for institutions and against the NCAA and what they wanted. Um, and I know the NCAA are figureheads of the institutions but um, this calls into question the antitrust protection that the NCAA has. And they're saying like the next shoe to drop is that thing falling? So I think the NCAA just, we've been talking about them a lot here with these other topics. I think they're continuing to get weaker and and if we already know they're ineffective, but it's now starting to become, you know, more known and more, more pronounced um, in a way that I think it's not over yet. All these macro things, I think like subsequent seasons, we're just going to see more and more momentum and where that ends. I don't really know because this could be a world where you start to see college football kind of break out from the current system of, you know, potentially the power five, maybe you go to more of a, um, I mean, there was that kind of soccer league that was being talked about in Europe of just like truly the cream of the crop teams. And does that break out? And there were a lot of kind of thought piece podcasts and articles posted about like, what could that look like for college football? It was all just, you know, clickbait across the board, but, um, some of that stuff's just going to be – it's going to continue to happen, continue to be talked about.
0: Yeah, I don't wonder um, with the players getting all this stuff paid for and then they're able to profit off their, uh, their likeness and their name now that when regular students don't start questioning, should they be held to the same academic standards as the rest of the students as the, at the university? You mean like they have the same degree, but are they – to you get see, in school, like to get, get into, school. to get into Clemson. Like now uh, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, the athletic, academic standard is lower. Um, we pump money into the football program for uh, the resources into the football program for a couple things. One to entertain us school spirit, obviously. And then also the school makes a ton of money off of football.
1: Yeah, um, it, enriches, and it, helps, it enriches everything about Clemson, yeah. and
0: it helps fund other sports. And it's the same at every school. And don't get me wrong; like, I, like I love Clemson. I'm glad I graduated from there. I'm proud of my degree. But oh, I'd be sad if there was no Clemson football. <laughs> so I'm like yeah. on the fence now. You know, on the fence there about how I feel about that. And I'm not a student anymore. So well,
1: right. The minute this goes to being a little bit more of like a professional league because they've broken out somehow, like the the loose tie into university just becomes even more like kind of comical and yeah
0: and, and as long well, i
1: talk to like european co-workers like they'll come over in the fall and i'll be like oh i can't hang out with you saturday i'm glued to my television for nine hours and they're like why oh these are universities that play a sport like what is this um and it's amazing it's the best called college but, football is the best thing called the world. college football yeah but yeah. uh you know they're like how is this associated with academics and
0: you know I don't know. It's America. Clemson has like a 95% graduation rate among the football program. So, yeah. I mean, I
1: think what, what, uh, what you're meaning is you want it to still be tied to education. I think it should Ideally, there. There should be a way that, um, college athletes could choose their major in a way that can set them up for life after football. Like I think a lot of schools, I'm not picking on Clemson or anybody else. Clemson may not even do this, but they sort of have the like three majors that you can do because the schedule of those classes are tailored around the schedule of athletes and practices and all the, all the, everything that goes along with being part of the academic or athletics department. Um, but what if you're, what if you want to do pre-med, what if you want to go to become a lawyer after that?
0: And maybe you do want to dabble
1: in, I don't know. They probably
0: have pretty good credentials coming in. Yeah. I guess I wonder, does it depend on the major? Like, W- w- whether or not you get accepted, what your GPA is, what your SAT score is, like you don't need a 1600 SAT score to be a PRTM major, right? For sure.
1: Yeah. I don't, I, I can't say, I recall I'm a few years removed from undergrad uh, or 2,400. I think is
0: it, is it 2,400 now the SAT goes oh, up? I'm not sure about that. I think you have but, to write um, something now. Yeah. I mean, I do think the different colleges at Clemson
1: have different uh, academic standards for acceptance like can't get into the, edu- or into the engineering program with like a 3-0 probably coming out of high school. So, and B's and B minuses and science and that.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we're so far away so from maybe, talking so about maybe football that, here. So maybe that takes care of itself, right? Right. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I want to bring us
1: back to football and we'll just touch on the expansion real quick before uh, we get into Clemson football specifically here. But um, a lot has been made over the years about, okay, 14 playoff. Many people looked at that as a progressive evolution away from the BCS uh, just because, Hey, there are those years where we ended up with three worthy champions or people that are teams that should be able to play the system of four assaults for that. It's all about crowning a champion. Well, what have we found in the what six years now, seven years now, of having college football, 90% of the teams, Uh, come from the states of Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina, and you get a couple Northern teams. That's about it. So uh, it's hurting the sport nationally. No one from the West coast makes it or cares or watches. The North is kind of the same. Texas is kind of the same. They're just worried about inclusion. And Oh yeah, by the way, we can make a lot more money if we do expansion. So um, everyone I think was laser focused on, do you go to six, do you go to eight? all of a sudden they come out with 12. Like why stop there? Let's just go big. Uh, 12 is the number they've settled on. And when you think about this, some of the ongoing debate as they settle on 12 is how's this going to get pulled off um, right now? There's, there's semis and final, there's two rounds right now in order to accommodate 12 teams, you'd have to go to four rounds. So not just adding a quarterfinal, I don't even know what you call the thing before a quarterfinal, European soccer or like the world cup, it's like the knockout stage. Um, they're talking about doing that round, like the first round of the playoff on either on campus or now there's a big discussion. And I think ESPN is behind the advocacy on this. Let's take some of those lesser bowl games and let's actually make those that first round of the playoff played at a neutral site. It's the, you know, well, no, the,
0: the higher ranked player. team gets the a home, a home game.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Okay, let's call that scenario A is that first round, the top four teams get a bye, and then the fifth seed plays the twelfth seed on campus of the fifth seed. Right. Uh, and oh, and you go from there in the draw. Like that's scenario one on campus. You know who doesn't like that? If you're one of the top four seeds, you miss out on that payday of having an on-campus game. But you know what's not going to happen is this is the next week, the quarterfinals, they're all you know they're gonna to want to do that in an nfl stadium that probably call it a bowl game and get the cash out of a neutral site game um so the the top four teams are gonna balk at not at missing out on that home game opportunity
0: well no aren't they doing like the first two are home games like clemson would still get an opportunity because it wouldn't go straight to the quarterfinals and maybe let's call it the, the octo final. So let's say Clemson's that the,
1: let's say Clemson's the two seed. Um someone plays a round before them on the campus of the higher seeded team, then you're suggesting Clemson would get to host a game in the in the now second round, which is called because it goes finals.
0: Right, because it goes from twelve to eight to four right, to and the two. And then eight to four
1: to two yeah. in the final. So the reason I don't think they would allow Clemson to host a home game is because they want that quarterfinal round. To be distributed across eight bowl games that are around the country, someplace.
0: I think and the they're proposal. About I think the proposal was though the first two rounds are on college on the college campuses because uh, Notre Dame would actually under this proposal not be eligible to be one of the top four by teams because you have to be a conference champion uh, to right. be that. So an argument for Notre Dame fans was if they win the first game and um, are still the higher rated or ranked seed, they should get the home game in the second round. Um, so anyway, yeah. that's how it currently stands. I mean, w- whichever way it is, like, I thought, if anything, it was going to go to eight teams, right? Yeah. Like, the fact that they came out with 12, it's like, what What 12th-ranked team is going to stand? Well, let's in- be clear, though, Ben.
1: This is not about the 12 seed or even the 6 seed being able to win a national title. like You will see it right. at some point, the fifth, the five seed, I'm convinced, will win a national title. Like at some point in this system, it'll happen. But definitely, like I'm never say ever, but like the nine, the 11, the 12, whatever, like that's not gonna happen. The whole point of this is to be more inclusive and open up the sport to more pockets of the country. But you know what's gonna end up happening? You're gonna get one pack, if, if everything stays the same, the pack 12 is gonna be pretty weak, the group of five is going to be pretty weak. You're going to get one team in, in from both, and they're going to end up getting seated to be the road team to go to the Florida Gators to get their ass kicked in that first round. And it's not really going to change anything regarding the right. like, national breadth of the sport, like the opportunity for the group of five or whatever else. Like I, I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be a little bit more of the same. And the concern there is – and I'm not trying to, like, be a Luddite and stick my head in the sand and fight progress, but I just – I think it is going to be a world where we end up getting, like, four SEC teams in and, like, two Big Ten teams in, and then the rest rest of everybody gets one team in.
0: Well, but, I mean, let's be honest. If we're talking about the 12 best teams, four of them probably are SEC teams. Yeah, that's fair. I just don't – like do we need that in a – But, again, tournament? again – we're looking at it as if if we did it right now, how would last year's top 12 sure. teams fared? This is the argument I've made before. The more playoff spots there are available, the that's an advantage to certain teams to be able to say to recruits, we can be a playoff team.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Come here, we'll win our conference. So come here. You There's will not definitely just go to, yeah. right. And so again, just like with the NIL thing, that could lead to more parity in college football. So you have to be a little bit far-sighted, right? You have to look down the road to yeah. see how how the change could af- ultimately affect things three, four years down the road, which is not a bad thing. Like even even as Clemson fans, aren't you kind of tired of Clemson and Alabama? And I mean, it's always fun to play Alabama, beat Alabama, but like, well, I have two, I have what? two separate thoughts on Clemson. But real quick, I want to ask
1: you, like do you think it could play out such that the reason now all the talent is getting concentrated to Bama, Clemson, Ohio state, Georgia, and then there's a big drop off to like the next year is because there's four spots and it's like, you want to play at the highest level. You got to go to one of those four, take your pick. And then therefore we all recruit very well. If you're saying, Hey, go, go to Oregon, Oregon's going to have the clear path. If USC can't figure their stuff out, like Pac-12, Oregon, every year, go play in the playoff, go play across the country in high-profile games. Like that could probably step up their recruiting capability. Yeah,
0: well, and let me ask you this: I mean, is 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 bad as the BCS was? Is fallible as the process was? Um, wasn't there more parity in college football back then? Because more teams could say they had opportunity to get ranked in the BCS and um, yeah.
1: Well, and you, know. you know what. And like the quote-unquote BCS non-title game It meant something to go to those Like I remember when we got And look, Clemson's evolved a lot But that first year we got to go to the Orange Bowl I went to the damn game and it sucked But uh, that meant something Like we were (laughs) overjoyed beating Virginia Tech Because we finally got over the hump And got to the BCS game
0: A long, sad drive back from Miami to (laughs) Charleston for me Yeah, yeah Um, I stayed in Miami for a week after that. Is, yeah. But no, um, no, no I, I Boise, get your point. Boise and state, the changes in the game. Oklahoma and the fiesta bowl. Right. Like yeah. that was amazing. I want to see more of that. Right. So that those kind of games are
1: what gives me hope. Like it would be fun as hell to watch a 12 team playoff. Like, cause you will get that kind of thing happening. I think the on-campus element would be fun. They're going to have to figure some stuff out about the weather and like a lot of these games being played by, mm-hmm. I mean, when, uh, PJ Fleck when it was what Western Michigan or something. Yeah. Western Michigan, they would, they probably would have hosted a playoff game like, cause they, they were a high flying group of five team that probably would have gotten paired up with like a third or fourth worst SEC, or fourth best SEC team. Uh, that'd be fun as hell to watch like this tiny Mac stadium host a really big matchup like that. Like bring it on. Um, but I think there's other aspects of college football that have to be adjusted to make this work and UCF. Yeah. Like give that fine. You
0: guys want to claim that you can beat anybody. Here's your
1: opportunity. Here's your chance. It's going to be good.
0: Yeah. I think the big thing is adding, like you're adding a 16th game uh, to the schedule uh, for anybody that makes it well for even teams that don't get the buy. And if you make it all the way, so it's adding games to the schedule. You're not going to want to take one away from the regular season, because you don't want to lose a home game. But honestly, like, let, let's be honest. I know it's a home game. I know it's revenue building, but I'm sure there's some other way to do it. Can we just get rid of, of, of FCS games? Like who cares? Like, Here's why we can't. Can, I'll tell you why. It messes up
1: the entire ecosystem of college football.
0: And high that. school sports. Give Right. Give, yeah, so yeah, you I, basically I
1: need, you need the, Okay, so, like, for every five-star, four-star, three-star athlete to make it in college to the level that we watch, all their teammates want to go on to play ball at lower-division-level schools. And if you get rid of – and that matchup between – who do we play this year? South Carolina State, I think. Um, that matchup with them is funds their entire program. Now, Ben, if you want to set up some type of, like – yes. That's why socialist. If Mm -hmm. you want to set up a socialist uh, money sharing, revenue sharing thing throughout the levels of college football, then you got me on board with getting rid of that game because I I think those games are dumb. I think they're a chance to have injuries. No one learns anything. Yes, Mike Williams is death. Right, Mike Williams. But like, Clemson gets sixty guys in a game against Wake Forest and Louisville and Syracuse and Georgia Tech. So Notre Dame, I'm not worried about in the ACC against Notre Dame, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I'm on board. I just I wanted to. There are a lot of people right. I read it all the time on Twitter. Why the hell are we playing? You know, Wofford or whoever. There is a method to the madness. It if right. like football. We need to have that,
0: but just share the money. There's so exactly. much money. NCAA That's could it. share the money because uh, Mark is making like over two million dollars a year. Does he really deserve that much money? No, um, definitely not. No, he doesn't. And so, yeah, so my, my I thing want, does I need want to change... socialism and college football so we can get rid of FCS games. Can Everybody can Cody. get on board with that. Let's get Cody on. <laughs> wait to hear, him, hear
1: his stance on this shout out to Cody. Um, real quick, Ben, the one thing I think does need to change. If you are the ACC, SEC doesn't have to worry about this, but the ACC might, you don't want a world where, the coastal absolutely sucks and they send somebody to Charlotte and they beat Clemson and that like screws our national ranking and like we're bounced out of the playoff in like the first round. Um, so my proposal which is not new is get rid of the damn divisions. We did that this last year. We got the best two teams in the ACC in the title game. Yes, it was a rematch. Everyone wanted that rematch. You want the best two teams playing in the conference title game. Move to the pod system. We can keep FSU and Georgia Tech on our schedule or FSU can play Miami and somebody else every year. Like whoever we get paired up with to perennially play, cool. And then we rotate through everybody else. This is better for the league and the sport because we're not going to go seven years without playing UVA now in this system. You can rotate them more evenly uh, it's just a better way to manage the conference schedule this way, and ensure that you can set up the matchup with the two best teams.
0: Well, and yeah, well, and if you look at how the ACC has the divisions set up, like if you look at the teams historically, like the the Atlantic Division is stacked. Yeah. If you go by yeah, his won the conference every stuff. year, but like yeah. three
1: years when when Virginia Tech won it.
0: Right. I mean, Georgia Tech. That was a that was yeah. a fluke situation with Paul Johnson and the, the triple option, right? And that ran its course. And, you know, yeah. that is no more. Georgia tech is unlikely to, to, to ascend back to that level. They got a good coach. Now they're, they're getting better. Um, yeah, they're going to try, they're going to see if they can recruit Atlanta, but we'll see. You've got um, Miami on that side, historical blue blood. Uh, UNC is, is far and away the best. Um, Virginia tech obviously has the history, but, um, But, I don't know. Well, talking crap about the Coastal, I can say that about every other ACC team. Uh, Yeah. The Atlantic side as well.
1: I just, there's going to be years where UNC looks great. There's going to be years when FSU comes back and impresses. And, like, I just want to make sure that we get the best two teams in because it's going to make for the most entertaining game. And, you know, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm not the kind of Clemson fan that just wants a cupcake on the other side of the ACC championship. Field like iron sharpens iron. I want to see us beat the best teams, that's going to help. And if we lose, like, all right, you know, we probably weren't cut out to win at all anyway.
0: Well, and look, look at our schedule this year. I mean, and you know how it's been in the past few years, it's going to be so after the Georgia game, you are going to be bored to death until we get the South Carolina. Even that's going to be a blowout, but we'll be excited about it because deep down, I think
1: Clemson fans are rooting for a very good Shane Beamer intro season so we have like a decent matchup there and then you're going to hope that UNC runs the table so we've got a we're going to hope for BC to be undefeated but when we match up with them and then South Carolina and then you're going to hope that UNC is undefeated and it's not just about playing a ranked team it's about playing like quality opponents that can test us and show you know force mistakes and force learning opportunities
0: Um, like our schedule would would look entertaining if we were playing lacrosse
1: (laughs) totally just missing Johns Hopkins and Maryland for the lacrosse championships I mean it's brutal the real the real like dark spot on that schedule is UConn UConn isn't is no longer at the FBS level like they they opted out basically so I think we have two
0: FCS teams this year, Ben. No, they're they're FCS now. Yeah, I think that's as of last season. God, this—they've been on our schedule for like ten years. Um, oh, they're an
1: independent FBS team. My so mistake, they, but they're right, not affiliated. So they they're left
0: affiliated. like the AAC or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're in the
1: AAC, the American, and the, essentially they've gutted the program and. Stop funding it. So yeah, they still are FBS, but they're an independent.
0: Well, that's not the black eye on our schedule. The black eye on our schedule is that Georgia Tech sucks, NC State sucks, Boston College sucks, Syracuse sucks, Pitt sucks, Florida State sucks, Louisville's going to be better. Wake Forest sucks. South Carolina yeah. sucks. But those things are outside our
1: control. Like it, it, it's unfortunate, but we could scheduled someone other than UConn. And I think the minute they started pulling the shenanigans of exiting a conference. Like, great, you get, a, you get an AAC team that won their conference in the last four years. Cool. But now they've given up on the sport. Like, I think we would have been well within our rights to swap that game out. And I don't know who we could have gotten in the last, like, one or two years notice. But um, probably, like, a middling or above average group of five team. So, anyway, it is what it is. I agree with you. After Georgia, we're going to be bored to tears. Gonna be a lot of getting guys some depth and some experience, so um,
0: get ready for that plan. I it's just, I mean, thank god this year that we get um, a lot of those great uh, non conference games throughout the entire college football schedule because when our schedule sucks, you need those games to get us through the college football season. That gives us the entertainment that we need. Last year, there was a dearth of that because sure. everybody was just playing within the conference. conference, yeah, yeah. Uh, so at least we have that back uh, this year. Last year was. P- was as it was pretty brutal until we, you know, got to Notre Dame.
1: So then, I mean, I think, look, this is our first episode back next week. We're going to dive into the depth chart that was just released Fall camp starting. There's going to be a lot of position group stuff to talk about and a lot of personnel, new guys on campus. We're excited for that. Um, I think what's going to be tricky as a Clemson fan this year is our first game of the season is our most important and best game of the season. And there may still be question marks of personnel there. And I don't know if we're going to see the right type of opponent quality down the stretch of the season to really know what kind of football team we're dealing with here in the Clemson Tigers. So our hope is that the Polish can be there or like they're good enough against Georgia. We all hope that's a very potent like national championship caliber at Clemson. Um, But we also know this football team well, and they typically need a season to find their footing and get right and i just don't know that we're going to have that matchup or that opponent quality down the stretch to be able to see that either and i think that was part of the question mark in the problem of 2020 which was we had trevor lawrence and some injuries that made that notre dame game the first one somewhat of a question mark or a fluke acc championship game looked incredible but notre dame it turns out was not on the level of an ohio state so does that mean that this year's Clemson team is not going to be as good or better than 2020? Like, I'm not saying that at all. I think there's a lot of signs of promise that they will be better and we will learn from stakes. And so much of what caused the loss against OSU was things that I don't expect to be problems this year, uh, or maybe that's hopeful, but I, I was sticking to it. So I just think like, it's going to be a weird season, buckle in, get ready for it. But there's so many promising things to look for in this team that, um, I'm starting to get really excited about the season coming back.
0: Yeah, I, uh, if last year was any indication and it really sold me on it, um, I really do feel that the weakness of our schedule hurt us. When we got to play Ohio State, you know, they punched us even in the mouth, even the year before, right? They damn near could have won that game. <laughs> that was a hell of a game. That was a hard fought game. Um, and then LSU, no a did nothing to season us for that Ohio State yeah, team in 2019. Exactly. Right? And then right. LSU kicked our butts, and then we had that yeah. soft schedule last year, and you know we blow out Notre Dame in the in the ACC championship game. They end up getting blown out in the playoffs. We got uh, manhandled by Ohio State. I, you know, hopefully the last two years have taught us something, and they figure out like to, the competition has to be in practice. Like, because you're not, you're just not going to be up against nearly the same competition with our schedule that a team like Alabama had, even Ohio State in the Big Ten. Like, the Big Ten is not an incredibly amazing conference, right? Um, but, but they played Indiana and they're probably second best. Challenge them. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so they get a better test than we do. So we're going to have to figure that part of it out because you're a little bit soft coming out of the schedule, just because you have not had to be in the trenches and grind out games, or at least you hope we better not (laughs) like that doesn't bode well for our playoff chances. If we have close games with our schedule this year, outside of the Georgia game. Well, there's Um, going to be some stuff then that I'm looking forward to this year,
1: regardless of like how good they're going to be as opponents, getting a crack at FSU is number one for me after the shenanigans that went down with, the team traveling there, and then FSU opting out last year. Like I think we're going to hang a number on them, a crooked number. But they have Mackenzie Milton. He transferred in from uh, UCF. Like there's a chance they could be good. I don't think they're they're not going to give us a game. But uh, I'm again, like what I the point I wanted to make was Clemson fans kind of secretly need to be rooting for Florida State to at least return to some
0: semblance of quality. It's gonna be three or four years, though. Like that's just yeah. how long it's gonna take. Um, Miami's been recruiting better. Florida is. I guess it's like we're victims of great. our own success, huh? Like Dabo. Well, that's a weird stuff. But we're not the reason the ACC is so down in football. I mean, a lot of these schools have just traditionally not been blue bloods. Uh, they don't recruit well. They don't put the same. Uh, uh, resources into their football programs in North Carolina state should be a lot better than they have been. Um, Florida state, obviously Louisville with Scott Satterfield, I'm hoping is on the rise. Um, I think he's out after this year. There's some turmoil with he
1: was trying to interview for other jobs. They didn't like that, but we'll see. Maybe they figure it out, but I agree. Like, I think that, I think that it's kind of like the teams that should be. And I thought Miami had something going with Margaret. They were never going to win the win the Natty with him, but he abruptly left, and that like hit the reset for them, you know. And Justin Fuente, I think pretty much every Hokie fan's done with that guy. So it's like there's there's been some promise to at least give Clemson some type of competition that hasn't hasn't really panned out, and I don't think you can attribute that to Clemson.
0: Yeah, to your point. Funny. 2015, 16, 17, 18. It was nice that we were able to steamroll these teams, make our way into the playoffs. But now that we've been going there every single year, um, yeah, I'm over it. Like I want to see competitive college football throughout the year. Like I'm tired of watching third string guys in in the second quarter every single game. Occasionally, that's fine. Right. Game in, game out. It's. Boring. But it's also just
1: hard to get a read on exactly. Like, uh, on what's tony Elliott doing with the scheme this year what are we doing
0: with in, like the running game are we are we how do we get a heisman zone? How, how do we get a heisman if if you're starting quarterbacks only playing like you know quarter and a half yeah, yeah quarter and a half it's true halfway into the third at best yeah like if dj finishes a game this year that's not georgia then we struggled right it's true
1: And I mean, maybe that's the solution to the quarterback depth issue is great. These guys, these, whoever is there, Will Taylor, Hunter Helms, whatever, like you guys are going to get your reps. I think what Clemson
0: needs to do, continue down the recruiting, the the path being in the top five of recruiting every year, and then just sending guys into the transfer portal to other ACC teams. And that's how we feed the (laughs) system. All right. More socialism, Ben. All right.
1: Cool. Well, lot lot covered here. Um, Obviously, so much going on on the team itself. uh, With depth chart was released, I believe, yesterday. It's one of those depth charts that doesn't counter or doesn't factor in, you know, new new arriving freshmen on campus. Yeah, a lot to come, but plenty to unpack with that. There's been some recruiting stuff. Um, We're just getting going. We're gonna be back on back with y'all next week as well. We're gonna dig up Cody, get him back on the show. And um, definitely have some interviews cooking. We're once again gonna partner with Shaken the Southland this season, uh, bring some of the writers on, particularly for some of the season preview content. So stay tuned for that. Um, also, have some exciting former players that we're gonna look to interview here coming up as well. So, um, podcast is getting going. We really appreciate our long, loyal subscribers, long time loyal subscribers listening to us. Uh, please do go on to iTunes and leave us a review. That definitely helps us be discovered by would-be Clemson fans and even opponents who want to come get a get a peek at what we're thinking about for the year. Um, ben, I've also been approached to come on some Georgia podcasts, so I'll probably do that and maybe try to do a home-and-home, home, get somebody to come over onto our show. So we will
0: see. Awesome.
1: A lot Yeah, of interest let's, there. Uh,
0: yeah, let's uh,
1: talk yeah. about the dogs.
0: Yeah, just get in with the enemy. Get,
1: keep your enemies closer, right? That's right. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're about a month plus away, maybe a little longer than that here. But, um, you know, the, the drumbeat is beginning. So once again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You know where to find us on social media. Um, let us hear from you. What do you want to hear from us? Any, maybe we should do a mailbag episode, Ben. I don't know. We can try to solicit questions. But um, anyway, super excited. Ben, what season is this for us? This Number is seven. 15,
0: I think, it? yeah, it's seven. Yeah! Wow! Lucky number seven. I was I was just past thirty when we started. Now I'm scratching on the door of uh, knocking on the door of forty. So good decade. Got really two decade. championships in the pocket. That's right. Playoff appearance every single year. I think we That's know good. the common denominator here with the Clemson right. football teams that confess. <laughs> it's the Clemson podcast, us, baby. Us talking about it. <laughs> that is
1: right. Well, uh, no, for those who've been great. been with us since the start. We appreciate it for those just finding us. We appreciate you too. Um, It's been a lot of fun to talk about our favorite team here. And you know, this is therapy too, right? A lot of times. So we appreciate everyone going through it with us. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. And as always go Tigers. Let's just get started. I don't really have a pithy intro uh or anything. So
0: you know. Something about Frank Beamer. Yeah. Oh, Frank. Gosh. Sean Beamer. What's Sean Beamer? <laughs> Frank.
1: Is there a Frank Beamer? Oh, that's his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Beamer. Yeah. Uh yeah i got nothing man
0: i mean turns out frank beamer has a son yeah (laughs) shane beamer what i say you said frank it's sean or you said sean (laughs) we should just do this
1: as our intro (laughs) (laughs) like some beamer some guy named beamer